Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of The Armchair Theologian. Um, if you notice, we're actually out in the bus barn today, and uh, we're doing some, uh, some, some different stuff as uh, we're kind of explore the new year, new opportunities, new options, and as we look back in the past. Uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about today is uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, putting on the whole armor of God. If one thing about 2020 has taught us is that we need to be armored up and prepared because the enemy is, 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 is out there and doing what he can to cause problems in the world of uh, Christians and their followers. So that being said, um, I just wanted to uh, encourage you. We're going to turn it over to uh, some of the uh, fencing, and we look forward to uh, drawing that into a close near the end. So like I was saying, uh, this is uh, uh, my weekly podcast kind of thing. I do uh, uh, musings of an armchair theologian. Uh, for those of you that you guys are watching, um, this is Peter Gundunis, uh, one of the most amazing men I know. Um, he is a fencer, he's a special education teacher, he's done, what, plumbing? And um, If there's a job out there he hasn't done, I'll be surprised. So, uh, but we got to know Peter uh, almost eight years ago when we first moved here to the peninsula, and we were looking for a fencing club because as a family, we were a family of fencers. So we got to know Peter, and uh, through a, a series of unfortunate events, uh, Peter um, and the club ended up uh, in the bus barn here at First Baptist Church, Kenai. So um, Peter attends services usually over at uh, the, the Russian Orthodox Church, not because he's Russian Orthodox, because he's Greek Orthodox, and there is no Greek Orthodox Church. So um, Peter's a great guy. He loves Jesus. And um, so I wanted to just uh, touch base a little bit, you know, that you know uh, Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate, the sword, the helmet, all that stuff. Um, in the years that you've been doing fencing, because you've been doing fencing a lot longer than, than either any of us in our family, um, have you ever equated what you're doing to Ephesians 6 and the armor of God? Yeah, actually, I have. Um, I think, in a way, we, we train physically for fencing. Right. And, you know, we, we do that because it's the art of defense. Mm-hmm. So you have to have your, your defenses up, and it teaches you to sort of to control your emotions. Right. Right? So you, you, I try and coach my fencers, you know, leave your ego off the strip. Right. Well, as far as the armor of God goes, um, I think... A lot of that same same thing applies. You know, if we if we allow fear into our heart, if we allow things to get past that armor, you know, then it, it can interfere with our concentration and our focus on the Lord and what He He's asks us to do and what He wants from us. Right. So I, I definitely definitely see an equation yeah. between the two and and how they support each other. Well, you talked about um, uh, you talked about training, right? In Scripture, especially the New Testament, talks a lot about. Um, training yourself up, uh, you know, be sober-minded, be vigilant. Um, one of my favorite ones is uh, in Think Timothy. It says um, to, that we should study and show ourselves approved, you know, approved workmen of God. Um, I think these are all um, indicative of that martial spirit. And I know over the years, you guys obviously may not know this, but um, Peter and his work with um, a lot of the special um, education kids um, that have behavior issues and have some other issues, we found a lot of success by bringing them in and giving them the discipline of the martial strip. Because fencing is a martial art. Um, when we think of martial arts, well, we think of the karate, right? But this is just as much martial arts. It's art. a Western martial yes, art. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So, anyway, so um, any thoughts on that uh, before we get into the fencing? Well, I, uh, I think that the training, the training of, of how to detach from your emotions, mm-hmm. being detached. You know, there's a certain value in detachment. Right. And a lot of kids who are, 
who have emotional disabilities, especially, it's really hard for them to uncouple from their emotions and to realize that, you know, this is just, it's just hormones and stuff running through your brain and everything that inside of that is still you. There's something in there that isn't just your body. And that's what I like to, you know, call that's, that's that core and and who's living in my, my house here, you know, so that, that, that throne, that seat is reserved for, you know, himself. And I, I think that without proselytizing, Mm -hmm. so to speak, or without getting into any specifics, I like to encourage kids to to engage with this sport because when they get all full of themselves, they get all full of their ego, you know, and especially if it's in a bout situation, usually that's when they they don't win. Right. Nine out of ten times they're not going to be successful. And so I think the value of not just... Hearing it, you know, it's one thing to have some people, you know, people telling you, right? Yeah, right. blah 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 right. blah, but that's not your feelings, right? But when you actually have to try and do something, and you're in opposition to somebody who's equally in opposition to you, yeah, you know, your adversary, so yeah. to speak, you know, you have to keep your wits about you. You can't let your adversary get your emotions. Um, and I teach my fencers if 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 you see your opponents becoming emotional, you've got them on the run. So I think, and spiritually, I think that's a real big lesson because if we let our adversary, the adversary get to us and, right. and stir our emotions, it will be used against us. You're absolutely correct. So yeah. I think taking it from the outside in, the physical yeah. in, I think it really does help a lot of kids, especially those that are uh, behavior prone. Um, a lot of times in their life, they've, they've learned that by having a tantrum, everybody just let them have their way and go, you know, wander off. Well... This is a combat sport, you know. It's threatening violence. It really is kind of cute. Yes. And when it's looked at, I mean, and engaged that way, kind of like a loving embrace, you know, like yeah. a hug is a hug, but if it's from a bear, right, right. it's a serious hug. <laughs> so, you know, we love all God's kids and, you know, yeah. children. And, and I just see that as they're maturing through their life into adults, mm-hmm. if I can give them some place to, as I tell them, fly their dragon. Yeah. You know, if, the, if you've got some anxieties, you've got some angers, and you really want to let it out, especially the males, they have a tendency yeah. to need to let it out physically. Say, right. you know, save it out. Bring it here. Bring it That's what we have. We have a place for this. And, you know, and, and I think um, I'm hoping the Lord is blessing us with this activity, right. you know, because, you know, that, again, that armor of God, and it takes practice. Yeah, it does. You know, and continually. So right. I try and pray continually and... You know, even maybe while I'm fencing once in a while. You know, you brought up a really good point with the idea that we have the intent. A lot of times, the, the adversary. A lot of times, especially in the church world, we oftentimes look at our adversary as uh, more of a, uh, an intellectual construct rather than a real, tangible enemy. But like I've told all my kids when they're on this trip or when my son was fencing or doing football, is you can train, you can practice, you can do everything you can do. But once you get on this trip, you've got to know that the person you're facing has also been training. And you may think you have all the skills to win, but the other, the enemy has a say in that too. And so our enemy does have a say, and that's why we're supposed to take that shield and, and, and know that we're going to quench the darts. We, we know that he's out there. So any final thoughts before we, uh, we get to fencing? I don't know, just, uh, you know, keep on praying, uh, keep the love of the Lord in your heart, and remember that no matter how bad it gets or how, you know, tough 
that there's always a reason for it, whether I understand it or not. Yeah. You know, so, right. I mean, in this, in this Advent season, what can I say? You know, Christ is born. <laughs> he is. Glorified. <laughs> Glorified, yes. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's get to fencing.
Etiquette first, Etiquette. always, yeah. and last. Gentlemen, gentlemen. All right. Regard. Allez. Regard. Allez. I'm gonna have to say you got that point. A guard, right? Alain.
So we're back in the armchair again, and I appreciate you guys uh, spending some time with us on the uh, fencing strip. Um, obviously, that uh, we are dealing with some some pretty uh, important subjects, like for instance, dealing with the full armor of God. Um, this really comes from Ephesians chapter six, verse ten, where it says, "Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord." and in the strength of his might. And then it says, put on the full armor of God so that you might be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against world the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual for forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Um, and then it goes on to say again, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist um, in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. The idea, idea there is standing firm. Paul is really concluding his, um, his, his letter, his epistle to the Ephesians. And he's sort of wrapping everything up and he's opening up an, an understanding um, that was common in that day. And it should be just as common in our day. The idea that we don't or that the, the battle we're fighting isn't a battle that is waged on a physical front, but yet it's a more of a, a spiritual um, uh, battle that's it's waged in, in a different way. And whenever we're fighting battles or doing any kind of war or doing any kind of contest where we're pitting our strength against somebody else, we have to have the right tools. And so I'm not going to go into all the details about the full armor of God. I might do that um, in the coming uh, Wednesdays. But I just wanted to, to touch just briefly on this because I think it's important that we, um, that we sort of wrap this up in, in this light. Um, the strength that we are to manifest as Christians is the strength that's found through Christ. The Bible says, Paul says this in Philippians, um, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, there's the idea that when we're moving, we're not moving in our own power, but we're moving in God's power. We're moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of, um, of God made manifest in our life. We're in a beautiful time in the history of, um, of Christianity right now in the church age as we are having the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit dwell within us unlike any other time in history from the death of Jesus, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension um, uh, back to the very beginning. The Holy Spirit has not roamed as free through our world as he has for the last 2,000 years. And this is this is a powerful thing. We have the most the greatest gift we can possibly ever have. Jesus says, I'm going away, I'm giving you the greatest gift you need. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. He says to the, the apostles on that hill, just as he was about ready to ascend into heaven, he says, I'm going away, but I'm gonna send the comforter of you because if I don't go, he can't come. There's and that's just a beautiful statement. And so when we're talking about being strong in the Lord, that's what Paul says. In verse 10, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's his power, his strength, not ours. Um, we, The fact that we need strength is further explained. Paul says, you can't do this alone. You have to be strong in the Lord. You have to use and rest in his might. And then he goes in to say, um, uh, we do that by putting on the tools he's given us. The full armor, not the full armor of man, not the full armor that you were given when you got that job. You are, this is the full armor of God. And the point of this is so that we can stand firm. That's a beautiful statement. It means to rise up into an upright position supported 
solely by your feet. It's to stand as tall and as proud as we possibly can, but not in our own strength against God's. The Bible says to resist the devil and he'll flee on you, flee from you. And so it's an important thing that we need to do this. And the reason is, is the reason why we stand tall, the reason why we're standing firm is so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, powers, and principalities of this age. We're fighting a, a war. We are fighting a battle. And just as we demonstrated with Caleb, myself, and, and uh, Peter on the strip, it's hard. And battles aren't easy. You can see, if you slow down the video a little bit, you can because I, I did speed it up quite a bit, um, you can see that um, uh, that it was tiring. It was not easy. It was something that I struggled um, I struggled with, especially after that second round um, of going to 15 points twice. It's hard. Um, and at that time, I'm doing it under my own power. I'm not doing it under God's power. Um, and we need to know that when the enemy comes at us, he's not giving us any rest. He's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep hitting us. And sometimes he'll go from this angle. Sometimes he'll go from this angle. Sometimes he comes from this angle. Um, very similar to the way that we were fencing. I don't know if you noticed. I, I did speed it up a little bit, so you may not have a chance to see it completely. But um, you'll notice that in the process of that fencing, sometimes you're evaluating where the enemy's at. And the goal is to put your sword where his isn't. Um, your goal is to be able to block the enemy's attacks so that you can go in and be able to score the point. Now, granted, that's a sport. We're trying to score points. We're trying to accomplish uh, the goal of winning. But in the, in the fight that we have against the enemy, it's much greater, much more complex, and he will not let up no matter what we do. And so we need to know that because dealing with this whole spiritual warfare concept, we're talking about, I don't even want to say spiritual, but this is a cosmic struggle, right? We're, we're fighting not just uh, on the spiritual realm, but for the for really, in our opinion, for the history of the universe, for the future of, of, of everything that is. Now, of course, as Christians, we believe wholeheartedly that the battle's already been won. That's what Scripture teaches us. But the enemy is still fighting. And for whatever reason, he does not believe the battle is over. He doesn't believe that the war is won. And so he is going to fight tooth and nail right up to the last second. And if you don't believe me, you can go ahead and read it in Revelation. It talks about the struggle that he's going through. And this is something we are going to face as Christians every single day of our lives to a greater or lesser degree. God always takes what the enemy throws at us and uses it for his good and for our ultimate good. But I'll tell you, there are going to be times when we are going to struggle. We are not going to do what we want to do. Paul repeats this over and over again um, to put on the full armor of God. The reason is so that we could stand firm. I tell you, standing tall against the enemy is something that just cannot be overstressed. It is one of the most important things that we need to do as Christians is to stand firm. The second thing we do, if we're standing firm, that's with the full armor of God, in God's power, in His strength, in His might. Um, and if we're doing that, then we are going to be able to focus on what He's called us to do, which is to pray unceasingly, to love God with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. And most importantly, um, and most importantly, as importantly, right, is to love our neighbor 
as ourselves. You know, these things are our greatest enemy, our greatest weapons that we have to face the enemy. It's the love we have for God. It's the love we have for humanity. And it's the um, the uh, willingness to unceasingly pray for, for all of those situations and circumstances. This is why Paul says in the final bit of his letter, as he's getting ready to um, um, to close this out, the final, may, maybe even in his mind, the, the last thing he's ever going to say to the church at Ephesus, he says, I want you to be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. Stand firm against the, why, the schemes of the devils. He goes, you're not fighting against uh, flesh and blood. You need to know that. It's not Rome that's the enemy. It's not the Jews that are that are that have rejected Christ that are the enemy. It's not the the Hessians. It's not your next door neighbor. It's not the tax collectors. It's not any of these other things. Our enemy is ultimately Satan, and he has already stated clearly that his desire is for the destruction of mankind. He does not want anything good to happen to us. Scripture um, describes him as a roaring lion traveling all over the earth, seeking whom he may devour, utterly consume, and to end completely. The enemy is rising powerful and strong in our society, in our culture, in our community right here. What are we going to do about it? First thing we do is put on the full armor of God. The second thing we do is we pray. And stand firm. And don't let the enemy take ground from us. Jesus said, Jesus said that in those final days, he goes, even the gates of hell will not prevail against you. The image there is not of a church under siege, but an army marching forward into the gates to batter them down. It's been a long time since our nation, since our, since the Christians in this nation have had the mindset that we are to be on the move and on the attack. Now, I'm saying these words, and I know they're very martial. I'm not talking about rising up arms. I'm not talking about doing anything like that. I'm talking about taking the fight against our real enemy, the devil, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. He has been allowed to run rampant for too long. It's time that the children of God rise up Stand firm and pray and resist the devil and his machinations. Now, how do we do that? That's the question that we all have to answer. We begin with the full armor of God. We begin by standing firm and praying. And we let the Holy Spirit show us where we need to move. Now, I appreciate you guys coming and uh, and, and tuning in tonight. Um, it's been a joy to be able to spend some time on the strip, not only with, with my uh, my fellow instructor in fencing, but also with my son uh, as uh, he is here uh, home for Christmas for just a few days. Um, that being said, I want to thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Armchair Theologian, and I look forward to uh, talking more about the armor of God in the coming weeks.